I would say right now, if somebody's listening to this and they're feeling unsure, if you can imagine for a second, what would you choose if, let's say, your partner's perspective didn't matter or your mother or mother-in-law's perspective didn't matter? Hi, I'm Anna Olson, and you're listening to We're Not Kidding, a podcast devoted to sharing stories surrounding the child-free life. As a life coach, I'm passionate about helping women feel confident and empowered in their choice not to have children. And I believe that by sharing our stories, we help break the stigma. So let's dive in. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I'm so excited. Today, we have a very special guest. We're speaking with Kelty McGuire, who some of you may have heard. She has shared her story on uh, Zoe Noble's podcast, the We Are Child Free. And so I am super excited to have you here today, Kelty. Thank you for being here. And Thank you for having me. You're so welcome. Can you walk us through a, just like an overview of how you came to this decision to be child-free. Yes, it was through a lot of angst and deliberation and tears. (laughs) (laughs) I think there were tears. It's hard to remember. Um, You know, I guess to like, to, to sort of rewind back in time and just for context, I'm 39 now, soon to be 40, depending when this podcast episode comes out, (laughs) May 16th, feel free to send me birthday wishes. Um, When I was younger, I, I assumed I would have kids. And I think that's probably because that is what I saw virtually every other woman that I knew do. Um, it's interesting because, you know, prior to speaking on Zoe's podcast, I asked my mom, I said, do, do we know, or did we know any women who did not have kids? And she couldn't come up with a single person. Although I later learned that I did have an aunt who remained through her entire life child-free. So, you know, it, bit of a unicorn though in our family and just like looking at friends, peers, et cetera, that, that seemed to be what I saw. So I always thought I would have kids. And I think for me, it always was something in the future. So for example, when I was in my early twenties, I felt no urgency or stress around this child question. And then as I came to be in my late twenties and got in the relationship with my now husband, it always just seemed that little bit down the road, like, okay, this is something we'll do when we're in our early thirties. And as my early thirties came, I realized I didn't like, I didn't want kids yet. It wasn't that I didn't want kids, but I was like, I don't want kids right now because I felt like it was really going to drastically change my life. And I felt very happy with the way things were. And I became so sort of angst ridden around it that I finally decided, you know what, you can make a decision by the time you're 35, Mm -hmm. because I think, and you know, others may not have had this experience, but 35 for a long time was kind of that magical number of like, that's when your fertility starts waning. Yeah. (laughs) So they say, and so I thought, okay, I I can just wait until I'm 35. And so giving myself that time was meant to ease the pressure in the sense that like, Hey, don't think about it now. You know, you're 31, you're 32, you're 33, wait till you're 35. But then it felt sort of like this looming deadline. Mm. And then of course 35 came and I still didn't really want to have kids. Um, And I I guess I just felt like the longing would hit, like I would know that the timing is right. And as a lot of parents and moms have shared with me, like, you know, the timing is never entirely right. It's a bit of a leap of faith, like most things in life, but that day just really never came. And so I, I don't know when it changed. It's not that I didn't think I had a choice in the matter, but I never really thought about it in those terms. And the more I became very anxious about this thinking like, do I want to have kids? Do I not want to have kids? 
the more I realized I needed to have some resolution around it. Like life would continue to, I don't want to say pass me by like, but like the passage of time, right. It's like, now you're 36, now you're 37. So I would say it's really only been in the last 12 to 24 months, probably similar to yourself. I know your story sounds a little bit similar to mine where I've really wanted to come to a definitive choice because I felt like it was a question that was always in the back of my mind. Yeah. It it was kind of hanging over me. And I have to say that being on the, we are child free podcast, I think on that podcast, I talked about having like 97%. This is like my random (laughs) scientific number, 97% certainty that I do not want to have kids. I would say now it's like 99.99%. And I, I don't know if I can thank that experience of speaking on that podcast, but I feel like communities like your own have just made me so much more solidified in the joy I have with the life I have now. And the fact that I really just don't want to have kids. And I've, I think for me, a lot of it has been processing the, uh, in many ways, like shame and, um, shame is probably the best word, but just this feeling of discomfort that I was somehow there's something wrong with me for not Mm. wanting kids. Yeah. Yeah. I felt that one for sure. And yeah, it is interesting. Um, even our timelines seem very similar for when we were both processing this. Um, and our journeys are very similar. Like for me as well, I totally relate to, oh, it's something I'll do someday, but right now I'm not ready and continuing to not be ready. And I, I never did set a deadline for myself, but yeah, I'm curious. So you mentioned that you went from sort of when you spoke with Zoe, this 97% feeling confident or certain to this 99.99 and what shifted in that last little bit for you going from 97 to 99.99? I think part of it has been speaking about it openly, you know, being on a public platform, like Zoe's podcast, like your podcast today, um, the conversations that sparked, I've had a number of women reach out to me and tell me how grateful they were for me speaking about my ambivalence. And this Mm -hmm. might be something you and I talk about a little bit later today, but I think there's been sort of a level of like, it's not acceptable to talk about being unsure. It's fine to say you want something. It's fine to say you don't want something, but saying you're not sure isn't okay. And that's not allowed in this child-free movement, which I know you and I both take issue with. Yes. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I, I I think, you know, really allowing myself to just accept the way I feel. I, I used to, for example, if I was around children and I had this thought like, Oh, this is, you know, this is not what I want, or I don't think this would be for me, or this seems like my idea of hell. I mean, there's, there's, and, and by the way, I mean, you know what, it's funny how we say, by the way, I don't hate kids, you know, by the way, I can be that woman who thinks what a cute little toddler, isn't that adorable? Or, you know, I'm fine. I'll hold your baby. I know not every child-free woman wants to hold someone's child, totally get and respect that. And so I shouldn't have to justify my feelings, but I guess what I, I do want to impress upon, I don't know who, maybe myself that, it's not like I'm walking around just in this like angry stupor where I'm like, (laughs) get out of my way, kids. However, me having these sort of like resentful, annoyed, irritated feelings come up. I used to feel badly about it. And I've just experimented with being like, well, that's okay. Like you're allowed to feel irritated by this. You're okay with not wanting that. And guess what? You don't have to have it. And so I think part of it's been being a little bit less hard on myself, giving myself permission to feel what I feel without then having that story of like, well, it's really unnatural. You feel that way, or you're a bit of a bitch for feeling this way, or, um, all these stories that we tell ourselves, 
I think there's a lot of reasons that I am challenged by this notion of having my own kids. And even like, I think for me, it's not just about having kids. It's thinking like, even if my kids and my relationship with my kids were a certain way, this whole, um, I don't want to say it, the cult of motherhood, but like the whole notion of being a parent is just very, very unappealing for me. And part of it's just not wanting to deal with other people (laughs) and other people's kids. And Hey, that's okay. There's maybe a lot of different reasons why that's the case for me. And none of them are invalid. They're all totally fine. I love that. And I love the acceptance that you've given yourself to be human, to be you. I mean, I hear other parents say like, I love my kids, but I don't want to be around other people's kids and that's okay. Like I, and, and I think that just the more we allow ourselves to be human and to have these like mixed emotions or mixed like thoughts and feelings is, is so important. Um, I'm just really struck by that and how that has brought more peace. It sounds like with this decision and with yourself and being like, okay, like, and also just the level of self-awareness. I think, I think another piece to add, just thinking about it, as you say, that has been, I feel very happy with the life I have now. And I embrace everything it involves, you know, whether that relates to not having kids or having kids or like just the way things are, I should say, but thinking to the future a little bit in terms of all the good things that this choice will mean for myself and my partner, I think is really exciting. So to think about the fact that the best way to describe it is before it always felt like this looming deadline, like, oh my gosh, I have to basically live my life. And then I'm going to have kids. And I recognize fully, like I have a lot of my friends are moms and they have done and continue to do amazing things where it concerns their career, their own personal development, their relationship travel. Like I do think it's possible to be a mom that we have previously been told you cannot be like, you can fully live a colorful, interesting, rich, varied life. However, we have to admit there are going to be great limitations to that. And I think the best way to describe it. And part of what's given me more confidence in my choice and this real feeling of freedom is like, I can do whatever I want until the day I die, you know, provided that I have my, my health and my mind. And there's a degree of privilege, of course, that, uh, you know, figures into that equation, but it's, that's exciting to me. Like to think about, like I said to Chris the other day, we were driving to the mountains and we love hiking a lot. I was like, you know, what we should do in a few years time, not now, but like in a few years, let's take a whole year and just hike for a year. We can write a book about it. Maybe we'll like run a cool Instagram account. Maybe I can like do my business a little bit. Like I thought about how I could still make that work while being in mountain huts without, you know, Wi-Fi. The, the idea of being able to do that is so exciting to me. And feeling like I would have another person that I needed to care for that would prevent that. It's not bad or good, but it's a totally different life. So for me, it's very exciting to think about embracing endless potential. Oh, I hope you guys do that. I want to, I want to follow that Instagram account. I want to read that book. (laughs) That would be so cool. (laughs) And I mean, that's just one example, but I have so many different ideas and plans and it's very exciting for me. So, and I think that that's such a good example too, of sort of like you know, we can get caught up in, should I have kids? Should I not have kids? Or like any decision that's sort of, you know, this is a very kind of my life goes one way or my life goes a completely other way type of decision. But when we get so wrapped up, it can become sort of this logical thought spinning type of way to resolve that. Whereas talking about following your excitement is a more like emotional, 
you know, following your emotion, letting yourself sort of like have more of a somatic experience with your decisions. And I think that that's really important. And I think that sometimes we forget and we get a little caught up in just like the thought process, which can lead to us just going in circles. And when you're following your excitement and sort of letting that be your guide, it's a totally different way of processing a decision. It's so, so true. I love that you say that. And I think the inverse is also true when we look at like following sort of negative somatic experiences. Mm. Why is it that when I think about having a child or when I'm around a group of kids at the playground or what have you, like, I feel this clenching, this contraction, I feel irritation. It could be for a hundred reasons. It could be because I had, you know, I saw how challenging one sibling in particular who shall not be named was, you know, for my mom, right? Like it was like, okay, there were three of us kids. They won't put the blame on any one person, but you know, I, maybe, maybe that was the experience. Maybe it's the fact that I struggle with anxiety, which I do. And it's just too much stimulation. Like it's, I sometimes think like, maybe I'm just, my body's not really equipped currently to be able to do this in a way Mm -hmm. that feels pleasurable. It could be for a million different reasons, none of which we need to affix a value of being good or bad or right or wrong. It just is when I'm around kids for too long, when I think about having kids, I feel yucky. (laughs) Okay. It doesn't feel good to me. So then, like you say, often the thought comes in, well, what's wrong with me? I should feel okay. I'm a natural. I'm a real jerk, et cetera, et cetera. Why not just say, well, that doesn't feel good. What does feel good? Focusing on me, nurturing my relationship, thinking about the work I do with my clients, exploring potential in my life. If that feels exciting, like you say, to follow that and let that be sort of the guiding light, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think what you highlighted there is so key. Like the inverse too is very true. And just letting ourselves be like, accept that these are our emotions and stay curious rather than, than judgmental of of them, um, and follow them. And yeah, I think that is such an important insight in navigating this, um, or any big, big decision. And actually this might be a good segue into the work that you do as a clarity coach. Um, and in preparing for this conversation, I was kind of thinking through your unique perspective, um, in the work that you do and how that also applies to this decision, right? A lot of people are seeking clarity. Like, what do I want my life to look like? What is best for me? And that can feel so daunting, uh, so huge. And especially in a domain where there is so much external pressure, so many, um, you know, we're still in an age or an era where the, there are very normalized questions of when are you going to have kids that even just the assumptions are built in. So my point and my question is, do you have any tips or advice for how you approach finding clarity for yourself and sort of cutting through the noise of the external pressures and voices? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think one of the questions you just mentioned a minute ago is a great place to start, which is really like, what kind of life am I building? What, you know, what do I want here? And that can be tough based on what you said, which is the fact we have so much external noise. You know, we've been programmed, most of us to think that we should want a certain kind of life. And so it can be helpful for us to, you know, there's a series of questions, um, which if it's okay with you, we can maybe include them in the show notes, which are, yeah, it doesn't, it does not relate to 
um, specifically to having kids, but it's really four simple questions that I like to ask my clients or have my clients pose to themselves when they're trying to get clear on what they want. And one of the questions really relates to like, what would I choose if, and we can insert somebody's name here, or we can insert a group of people, but basically if their opinion didn't matter or wasn't taken Mm -hmm. into the equation, this requires a little bit of make-believe work because the fact is, is that it's hard for us to, you know, we, a, we don't exist in a bubble and B it's hard for us to indefinitely tune out that noise. But I would say right now, if somebody's listening to this and they're feeling unsure, if you can imagine for a second, what would you choose if let's say your partner's perspective didn't matter or your mother or mother-in-law's perspective didn't matter just to see what, and, and you know, it could be any manner of group of people, but oftentimes we know who those sort of voices are in our life that have a lot of sort of influence on what we think, how we feel. If we can imagine for a minute that they didn't, you know, they weren't really a part of this, that can help us connect with what we want for ourselves. Um, another question that I love to ask is like, what would I choose if I knew that the outcome was guaranteed? And, and even more specifically, and this, I'll, I'll, I'll share a question. This brought a huge, huge amount of freedom for me. It's probably one of the most impactful things I asked myself. And that was, what if I can be fulfilled either way, mm-hmm. whether I become a mom or whether I don't become a mom. And it, it requires us to explore both of those scenarios and to think, you know, if we, I think most of us, ultimately we want to feel joy and fulfillment and happiness in our lives, whatever, yeah. whatever word you choose there, but we'll, we'll say fulfillment for this example. If we think about being fulfilled as a mother versus being fulfilled, not as a mother, first of all, asking that question alone might make you think, actually, I don't think I would be as fulfilled to become a mom as to not become a mom and live my life in a different way. If you say, actually, I think both are possible. And for me, I believe there are so many paths to, I was going to say success, success. Yes. But happiness and fulfillment for most people, I actually asked myself that question. I thought, what if I can be fulfilled as a mom? I thought, you know what? I I still think I will live a really good, fulfilling life. It'll be challenging. It may not be entirely in line with some of the things I want, but I still think I could find ultimate satisfaction in that because that's, that's kind of the way I choose to live my life. Like we all have circumstances that we may not have deliberately chosen or that we maybe would have done differently, but we can still find fulfillment in that. And so me asking myself this question, can I be fulfilled either way? I thought, you know what? I can be fulfilled either way. I actually believe that so much that I can be fulfilled either way. It doesn't solve the question of, do I have kids? Do I not? But it takes so much pressure off. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know what? And, and not to say that you just kind of treat the whole thing as a crapshoot, but there's a little bit that feeling of like, I'm just going to kind of leave this up to what will be. And, and that's where I arrived at that, like 97% or that 99.99% yeah. is I really believe I'll be fulfilled not having kids. And if I change my mind in the future, that's okay too, because that will also be a great choice. Yeah. I love that example. And what I think it does that question and that answer is it shifts the power from the circumstance driving your fulfillment to you driving your fulfillment. When you sit back and think, yes, yes. I can be fulfilled either way. Um, if you were thinking the opposite, like it puts the power in what are your circumstances, but you're taking it back and saying, you know what I've got, this is my life. I am in the driver's seat and I will find a way to make either path work. Yeah. And, you know, likewise, let's say, you know, I know there may be women in your community who would like to have kids or would have liked to, but they're not able to, for whatever reason, you know, if you feel like, well, I don't know if I can be fulfilled as a child-free woman, 
then the exploration becomes about, well, how can I make that? So like, in you know, a, in what ways do I think I won't be fulfilled? Like, well, I'm, you know, I might not have those sort of long standing connections that you would have with your own family, or maybe I won't have the same amount of meaning in my life. Then the question becomes, how do I build in meaning? How do I create these long-term connections with people? Because ultimately, like, I don't want to say it's not about having kids because kids are like, that's something very specific, of course, but it's more like, what's at the heart of that relationship and that desire. And I think that there's multiple ways we can bring that about in our lives. Yes. Yes. I, I love that. Thank you for bringing that up. I think that is such a powerful point. It's, you know, can we go deeper into the things that we're scared of missing out on? If we sort of think that parenthood isn't right for us, but there are things that appeal to us. And, and like you said, for example, the relationship of children and having that long-standing relationship, you know, how can you foster that in a new way or in a different way? And it's, I, there is so much potential. I think that this choice, because it isn't the common choice, there aren't those same like roadmaps, you know, as you shared your experience growing up was everyone had kids. I relate to that. Everyone had kids. Um, and so that's what all that we see, that's kind of what we picture life as, but when you step away and look at the heart of what is it that I want to cultivate in my life, and I'm not doing this path, everything is wide open and that can be daunting, but it's also an opportunity for so much creativity to think outside the box, to, to like create your own path and create your own life. And I think that that is really exciting. And, and like you said, it's getting to the heart of what is it that I really want and how can I facilitate that in my life in a new way or a different way than parenthood? A hundred percent. Yeah. And, and you sharing that, I think it's just made me think of another question. You know, we, we often frame this question around, do we have kids or not? in terms of losses, right? The things we'll lose if we don't become a mom. But I think the question or a a parent, I should say, I'm not sure if you have um, all types (laughs) of parents in your audience. Um, The question I think we should be asking is what do I stand to gain? You know, what will this choice afford me? If I choose to be child-free, what might this mean for me? And this is scary because most of us, many of us, you know, we've given sort of a script of how life looks. Yeah. And like you say, it requires a degree of creativity and it requires us to really know ourselves and what's important to us. But when we can start looking at, you know, what matters to me, what do I want my life to look like? What kind of quality, maybe I don't know exactly about the particulars of my life, but I I tell people or suggest, you know, thinking in terms of quality. So maybe like a quality of the life you want is freedom or it's potential or it's nature or whatever it may be. When we think about that and we look at taking small steps and making choices towards that potential, it's so much more freeing than thinking about all the things we might be losing out on. Should we choose not to have kids? Yeah. Yes. And I, I think I've raised a similar question in the form of what does, if saying no to parenthood, what does it allow me to say yes to in my life? And, and that is something I, I think about a lot. Um, even, and not even just in this context, like, you know, by turning down a job opportunity, what does that allow me to say yes to later? You know? So, cause sometimes it feels like we're missing out on this one thing and we can focus there, 
but then seeing all the opportunity that we wouldn't have been able to say yes to down the road, had we said yes to this other thing, um, is a fun exploration, I think, to just sort of open the scope a bit. Um, so yeah, I love that you, I love what you highlighted there. I think that is really important. And I think it's just so helpful to stay curious and to stay open and to allow yourself to dream a bit. And, and the idea of qualities, what are the qualities I want in my life? Or, or another thing is like, what are my values and, and how does that fit into the future that I want to build and build your life around those rather than around sort of the scripted life? Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I think you and I have talked about this before, but I think this question around kids or no kids, it's like, it's bigger than that. It's really about how can I live with intention? How can I deliberately choose to the best of our abilities? Again, going back to like, not everything is going to be within the scope or field of our control, but how can I build the kind of life that I want? And, and that it requires sort of being out on the edge a little bit, right? Because it does mean we have to ask ourselves questions. We have to this. I think the beauty of this question around being child-free or not is the fact that it allows us to do a great degree of reflection and soul searching that oftentimes we don't give ourselves the opportunity to do. Um, so in regardless of what that outcome is, like it, it's something that I, I guess I can only, I only would wish that everyone would take the time to ask themselves these questions rather yeah. than treating, whether it be marriage, whether it be um, parenthood, whether it be a certain type of job, whether it be employment or self-employment, what have you, to really go through this sort of line of inquiry of like, why am I doing this? What's this all for? What am I moving towards? How do I want to feel? If we could do that, I think we would have far, 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 far less problems in this world and a lot more happy, fulfilled, you know, healthy people. Yeah. I think that is such a good point because at the end of the day, are you living the life that's aligned for with you and, and the person that you are, your authentic self, or are you sort of meeting that checklist that was put in front of you that you feel like you are supposed to live this way? Um, and I think staying in a state of questioning yourself um, and having intention with your life is so powerful. And like you said, it, it brings fulfillment. It brings contentment. It brings so much meaning to your life because you're living into the things that fill you up or that, you know, why you're doing them. You're not just doing them, which can have sort of an emptiness to it. Or I guess that's how I would describe it for myself. Um, but yeah, totally agree with you. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's being living by design rather than default, you know, ensuring yeah. that we are being conscious in the actions that we're taking as opposed to just being on autopilot. Oh, I love that. Yes. Living by design rather than defaults. Yeah. And taking the driver's seat, not being an autopilot. Absolutely. Something that you kind of touched on earlier that I think would be interesting to segue into is, you know, what does the term child free mean to you? Or how do you define it? Can you speak to that? Yeah, it's a funny question because I like using the term child free in amongst the child free community. Mm -hmm. Um I, I think a lot of people would agree. And I think part of the reason why we've, we've developed, or we use this term is because childless makes us sound like we, we are less, there is something we are missing out on. Um, I do think there's, you know, um, 
sort of what distinguishes the two is people often say like child-free is you've chosen that childless is you haven't chosen that, which it's also kind of like, I think anybody can embrace the term child-free should they want to, and they shouldn't have to necessarily say they're childless, even if that is not necessarily the path they would have chosen. That said, it's funny because I say, I use this term like in amongst the child-free community. I still feel a little bit um, kind of like not snobby about it, but a little bit funny if I was to say to my friends who have kids, oh yeah, I'm child-free. I can't explain what it is, but there's something funny about the term that I'm not entirely yet comfortable with. I would probably Mm -hmm. say I don't have kids or I'm not a mom. Like I would describe it more as what it is as opposed to saying I'm child-free. And I think that's partly just me like getting a little bit more comfort with the term. I don't know if it feels boastful, like, because it's like, everybody wants to be free, right? Like I am child free. I'm without the burden of those rugrats that you have, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm not saying I think this, but like, I almost feel like maybe there's that connotation of like, look at me, I'm so free or not. Um, So it's kind of funny. I I don't know if anybody's like analyzed the term in the same way, but that's sort of what comes to my mind a little bit. Yeah. Like it's pretentious almost like I'm child free. This is making me think back of like a week or so ago, my husband and I were eating out for dinner and there was a booth with children. Like they were like two booths down from us. And we, I was talking about work. And so I was using the word child-free, but in the back of my mind, I was a little hesitant. Like I spoke really low because I didn't want to offend the kids. Actually, kids are such sponges. And I actually had... Um, you know, my own nephew asked me if I was having kids and why not. And, and I, I don't want to ever make a child think that they're, that there's anything wrong with having kids, you know? So the term anyways, I just found myself talking a little more quietly and softly and I wasn't, I didn't care about the parents hearing it, but I was nervous about the kids, which was just interesting and a little tangent, but this term, it's a great way to find each other. Like this is what has brought a community together, which is beautiful. And I had, um, as Maddie Bench was on my podcast a couple episodes back, she was speaking about her view of the term and that, you know, it still focuses on children, you know, and that's the thing that we're not having, but it is interesting. And I wonder if there will be an evolution in the terminology. I'm sure there will be, but also it feels like there is a lot of even disparity in how people use the term. Like some people feel like you can only say that you're child free. If you a hundred percent know you're never going to have kids, you know, and, and that doesn't fit me yet. Um, I mean, I am not going to have kids, but I also, feel like there should be room for people to be human (laughs) within this category and to not shut anyone out. Because, you know, if, if you're either a child free or a parent and being child free means never having kids, being a parent means obviously having kids, then there is a big group of people in the middle and where do they fit? You know? And I think that having a term I think that it's important. Like we need community, we need identity. And, you know, I feel like personally the umbrella is anyone without kids can use the term, but yeah, it is, it is interesting. I totally agree with you. And you bring up so many good points. I mean, one of which is like, why are we defining ourselves on the basis of children when we don't have children? Um, 
I suppose our language needs to develop a new word for that. Um, one that's hopefully not like, you know, you think about like the old maid or the spinster, like traditionally yes. those are people who didn't have kids, but those have very, ne- I don't know if they have negative connotations because of the, the word itself or because that's just like, that's, it had a negative connotation because of what it was, because that wasn't considered normal. Um, right. You know, it really interesting what you say about like not wanting kids to feel like, I, I feel similarly, you know, we've had, I don't have my own nieces and nephews, but like I have nieces and nephews in law through my husband. Yeah. Um, and a couple of them have also asked similar questions and it's hard, I guess, to, to give an answer that doesn't somehow like throw shade on them to make it seem like, well, I wouldn't want to have a child like you like, well, why, well, why not? I'm amazing. It's like fully, you are amazing. So yeah, so that's really interesting. Um, yeah. And then this, this last thing you bring up again, sort of like gatekeeping on the, the child-free movement. I mean, people can certainly gatekeep their own community. So for example, if there's somebody, you know, I know there's different child-free um, like pages and groups that we are a part of on Instagram. If somebody has the stance that like, unless you fully hundred percent committed to this choice and it's been intentional, you are not, I don't want to say child-free, but like, that's not what we're about. That's fine. As long as that's defined yeah. and clear that like, you are really about people who are definitive, then maybe that's not the community for people who are undecided. Right. Or if they have a small degree of ambivalence, what have you. Um, I mean, in very simple terms, it's like, you could argue that a woman who, when she's 31, doesn't have kids, she's child-free. And when she's 32, she has a kid. She's no longer child-free. Like, in, in very simple terms, if you don't have a child, you are child-free. So uh, I'm, I've never been one to get too caught up in semantics. I understand the importance of language. So I don't want to dismiss that. And I think it is on the one hand, important to have that right word, but I'm also somebody like, I don't know, I try to like pick my battles and, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm in a different position than you because my community is people who are, you know, seeking all kinds of clarity and direction predominantly related to business and profession um, so I, I perhaps have like less strong feelings on it, but for me, I'm like, you know what, call yourself what you want. <laughs> Everyone's yeah. welcome here. Like that's, that would be my sort of attitude, but I understand that it's not everyone's stance. I agree. And I think you brought up a really good point that, you know, until we don't have the language maybe right now, um, to, to have a name for every, like everyone on the spectrum between a parent and a child free, like a hundred percent child free person. So until then, I think you bring up a really good point of those people who are creating communities, defining what it means in their community or in their content and, and who they're speaking to. I think that is such a great way to look at it. Um, and yeah, it is interesting. And I am, I'm so ready for more words, <laughs> for more words to help us define or to not define, but like identify with and feel validated and seen through because, you know, just as I might have my own interpretation of what child-free is, maybe someone in the middle doesn't feel like it describes them. Someone in that indecide, undecided place, the more words and ways we have to communicate how and express who we are or what we're thinking or our status, you know, the, the more we can feel seen and, and heard. Yeah, I agree with you. And, 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 you know, and then of course it also begs the question like seen and heard by whom, because of course we have Mm. words to describe many different types and ways of being, but oftentimes those are not fully comprehended by people who are not within that 
you know, subset of the population, whoever, or whatever we're talking about. Right. So right. yeah, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. This has been just such a great conversation. I feel like you have hit on so many aspects of this life question and sort of processing that I think are so valuable and important and sort of brought them to the surface with some really helpful questions to guide the process for anyone struggling with it. So thank you. And thank you for sharing your story, Kelty. And also, you know, as we wrap up here, do you have any advice or anything you like to leave with the listeners? I think the only advice I have is really to recognize that you have a choice about how your life looks. And that doesn't even relate to this question about whether or not you want to be child-free, but I would really encourage you to take the time and to ideally do it on an ongoing basis to think about, you know, what do I want? Am I, you know, very simply, we can say what's working, what's not working in my life now, and what is it that I'm building and working towards? Certainly that will, that will always serve you and lead you to good things. And I think the only other thing I would share is that if you are uncertain in this choice, that's okay. I think it's tough for us to be in this place of uncertainty. Most of us don't like operating in the gray zones of life. We want to be very definitive black and white in terms of where we stand, but to, to be okay with that sort of uncomfortable, unsettled feeling that, you know, in my shoes that went on for a very long time to know that at some point in the future, you will have more certainty and clarity. And in the meantime, treat it as an exploration to use your words, right? Like be curious about it. Um, and, and go back to that question I posed that, that was so liberating for me is, you know, what if you can be fulfilled both ways or many ways, we don't even have to say both ways that implies like a black and white sort of scenario. What if I can be fulfilled many different ways in my life? And just see if that creates a little bit less pressure on yourself to choose exactly right. Mm, Yeah, I love that. And I think as you ask yourself that, like really tune into your body, does it open up? Does it sort of pull back? How do you respond? Not just mentally, but somatically. And I think that as you were speaking about before, that is beautiful advice. So thank you. Um, Thank you. Yeah. And if anyone wants to connect with you after hearing this episode or learn more about the work that you do as a clarity coach, how can they get in touch with you? Well, my name is a bit of a doozy, (laughs) (laughs) Kelty McGuire. So, but, but the good news is like in all places, that's where you can find me. So, um, you can find me on Instagram, at Kelty McGuire. You can find me on LinkedIn, Kelty McGuire. You can find my website, keltymcguire.com. So yeah, do reach out and connect with me through any of those channels. Um, and as we mentioned, I'll be sure to share those four questions. Should they provide a little bit of, you know, expansion and sort of soul searching opportunity for people who are listening right now, trying to tune into what it is that they want. Mm, thank you. We'll catch you next time. Hey listener, real quick before you go. If you're curious what it might be like to work with a coach around any aspect of your child-free life or the decision to have kids in the first place, you can book a free 45-minute clarity call with me through my Instagram page. My handle is at Coach Anna Olson, and you'll find a link to book your session in the link tree. 
I cannot wait to talk to you.